Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we've been listening through today to the first day of debate in this calendar year of 2024 and here we are with a new policy and resources in place and I think it's fair to say to some extent a, a, a new atmosphere of compromise in the State's Assembly. A few uh, cracks already appearing in that but nevertheless it was a, a relatively uh, collegiate day in the assembly today and uh, and the big item they were uh, dealing with was the government work plan and the big focus within that uh, was education and uh, Matt as a former president of education um, you uh, will have been particularly interested in that. Yeah well, well I mean we've been following the, the contours of this debate um, ever since this state started uh, and and it's been going on for years before that of course so the, the, the position the states have got to this evening is that they will go ahead with funding a, a redeveloped Guernsey Institute at Liz Osway um, and a, a few other bits and pieces of investment in other education facilities at a total cost of £88 million. Now, um, Deputy uh, Trot and the New Policy and Resources Committee has found a way through the funding dilemma, which... Um, dominated uh, several states debates during 2023 and wasn't resolved by the end of last year so so that's um, a, a quick and quite significant victory for the new policy and resources committee but for education sport and culture although they will obviously now be able to deliver um, the further education facilities at Liz Osway it does leave a big question mark over the future of sixth form studies which temporarily will move to Lamar de Cartray, uh, but won't be constructed, the long-term solution won't be constructed at Les Osway until at least 2029. Yeah, so I've just been speaking to uh, Deputy Dudley Owen, the President of Education, Sport and Culture, uh, about that. And uh, well, she, you know, she uh, admitted, yes, it's true that the um, that uh, the next four cohorts will be uh, going to sixth form at Lamar from from when they start in uh, the the current year tens. I pointed out to her that that means that the um, the oldest students who will go to any new Lazosway sixth form, if it's built as quickly as is currently being um, mooted that it might uh, are actually in primary school right now so everybody currently in a secondary school will be going to Lamar if they go to sixth form um, and uh, she assured me that uh, the uh, facilities at Lamar de Caltrude would be absolutely uh, fine for um, a sixth form that they are going to be spending the necessary money that they already have spent some money on it and uh, doing it up um, and uh, she was wanting to give reassurance to parents uh, about that, uh, while at the same time uh, also wanting to make the point that um, it won't be until that sixth form is co-located at uh, the TGI campus at Les Osway that all the benefits will be realised. Yeah, and let's face it, the whole thing is likely to be revisited by the next states, isn't it? I, I was looking before, in, in the, the, the last six states' terms, or well, the last five and this one, there has only been one term in which the future structure of secondary and further education hasn't been a dominant issue and the next states um, w will inherit a situation where presumably then the, the sixth form center will be at Lamar de Cartray um, but there is a wish to rebuild the primary school uh, on that site um, 
the uh, the Guernsey Institute will be, uh, you know, w w the development of it will be well up and running. Um, but it will still be years before, at the earliest, the Sixth Form Centre can move to Les Osway. Now, education, sport and culture have secured this agreement from the states that the first phase of development at Les Osway will include a million pounds of groundworks for the future Sixth Form Centre. But they know as well as anyone that a million pounds is not enough of a sunk cost that if the next states wants to revisit what to do with sixth form education, uh, you know, to, to, to put them off doing that if, if, if they think the policy needs to be revisited. I mean, the arguments put today um, are that, that that would save a lot of money. If they went, if they invested that one million pounds, it would save money rather than having to do it from scratch. And it would reduce the disruption to existing students uh, at the TGI once built. Um, and so th those were the arguments that held sway. Um, but uh, as you say, um, it, well, even if uh, there is a sunk cost of a million pounds in, a, in, a in the foundations, those foundations are just foundations. And at that point, you can use it for, I would imagine, quite a lot of different things uh, other than just a sixth form centre. Yeah, well, sports facilities, for example, which, uh, which have also been dropped from these plans. Yeah, they have been from phase one. So um, all I'm saying is, you know, I think this is quite a significant step forward for the new policy and resources committee and for education, sport and culture, which can now deliver uh, brand new further education facilities which are long overdue and, and that's a you know that is a big step forward yeah we've, we've all as uh, journalists and uh, you i'm sure as uh, in your previous role have uh, had tours around the facilities of the current uh, guernsey institute uh, the cotonger for especially and um yeah nobody in their right minds could deny that they're going to be jumping for joy about uh, what's happened today because they are badly badly in need of uh, rejuvenated uh, conditions in which to work yeah absolutely and 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 it's good news for them. And there was always a big majority in the States in favour of building those new facilities. It's clear that there is also a majority in this States for relocating the sixth form to Les Osway, ultimately. Uh, even though um, they've decided the money is not available to do that over the next few years. But the next States is a different is, is a different question. And, and I, 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 you know, I think... Um, I think education, sport and culture will be very nervous that the, the issue w is likely to be reopened in the next states um, or, or even before that, because there clearly is still some disquiet about the short term plan of moving the sixth form to Lamar de Cartre. But I, I expect that will happen. Um, I don't think there is enough opposition to that in this states to stop it. But I but I think. Uh, the the idea that we, you know it's put to bed that the sixth form will move to Liz Osway in 2029, uh, I, I think is for the fairies, and there's there's quite a lot of water still to pass under that bridge. Yeah, well, I, um, one thing that uh, Deputy Dudley Owen said to me earlier on was that um, she felt that uh, there was a lot of anxiety out there, especially among students and parents, that she was hoping to allay as soon as possible. And uh, she has committed to coming to speak to us on right here on the Guernsey Press Politics podcast um, to uh, to explain in a great more uh, in a lot more detail um, about the you know what the future entails for students as specifically in regard to the future of the sixth form. Uh, so we look forward to that. Um, I also had a chat today with uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott, um, who is um, obviously in, in, enjoying life in his new role, uh, I think it's fair to say. And um, you know, I did put it to him that uh, there might be a bit of cynicism out there about the states suddenly finding uh, 
uh, some money down the back of the sofa. And he said, yeah, he, he was absolutely certain that there would be a narrative along those lines. But he said that he was uh, surprised and delighted and then convinced about the new uh, sums that have been uh, presented, which uh, seem to demonstrate that um, indeed these are uh, properly secured funds of, that show that we're going to be getting about £20 million more than we thought uh, from uh, corporate tax as a result of new international uh, legislation that's coming through. Um, one person today that we heard from who seemed to, to be particularly scathing about that was his predecessor at PNR, Deputy Peter Fairbrush. Now, I, I have to admit, I had fully expected when he rose to his feet that there would be some words of scepticism uh, about um, the veracity of uh, what was being put forward by the new PNR, but far from it, he congratulated Deputy Charles Parkinson on having been consistently correct uh, to identify that there was indeed some more uh, money to be found in corporate taxation. Um, and then was actually really rather uh, critical of um, officers at state's treasury for their previous analysis and um, the reports that have been previously shown to PNR uh, demonstrating, he said time and again, that uh, there wasn't any more money to be found. Yeah, so I mean, this is a this is an unqualified triumph, isn't it, for the new policy and resources committee? They they're elected five weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, you know, within days of being elected, they are advised that um, the additional company tax receipts, as a result of these changes, which have nothing to do with Guernsey, um, won't be ten million a year. They'll be at least thirty million a year, and I expect that's that's in fact, Deputy Trotts already said that's a conservative estimate. Um, so, uh, you know, and then that has allowed them to come to the States and and um, and propose successfully get, getting the Guernsey Institute development built. I mean, bearing in mind, you know, a few weeks ago, the States left with that project, not just in limbo, but in disarray. Um, no certainty at all about when it would be funded. And now this new committee can turn up with a funding plan and it got 35 votes, I think, for it today. So... I mean, it just shows you how quickly politics can change. Um, Deputy Furbrush, I don't think he will be bitter from the backbenches about his ousting as president. I don't think that he will, uh, you know, lob rocks at Deputy Trot and his new committee unnecessarily. But he clearly is very annoyed that uh, the, 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 the financial picture that was painted to him by his advisers, he said internally and externally, so in other words, staff and consultants, um, you know, was much more pessimistic than the picture that has been presented to Deputy Trot a few days after he was elected. Now, Deputy Trot has explained how that came about. He said that there was revised analysis with information which wouldn't have been available to the officials uh, when the previous PNR was in office. Uh, but um, as I wrote in a piece in, in the press today, you know, Deputy Furbrush will hope that next time around he's born lucky rather than talented because he has every justification for feeling rather hard done by that he was presenting a much more pessimistic picture of state's finances uh, than he needed to. Uh, not that we're questioning the talent of Deputy Linda Trodboy, uh, contrast there at all, obviously. Um, the... Um 
the uh, government work plan was not the only uh, thing that was discussed today. There was uh, also uh, an election to uh, ed, uh, employment and social security. That was actually a three-way election. Um, uh, Deputy uh, Lyndon Trott uh, stepped in to propose uh, Deputy Lester Carapel and um, also his uh, vice president of PNR, Deputy Heidi Soulsby, um, proposed Deputy Adrian Gabriel. Uh, and those two candidates were put therefore up against the choice of the president of the committee that was uh, seeking a new member. And that was uh, Deputy Peter Roffey's uh, choice, Deputy um, Sasha Kazantsova-Miller. And in the end, it was Deputy Carapel who won out. Um, it was quite a convincing argument that was put forward by uh, Deputy Trot saying that, um, or pointing out that, and I'm sure it was Deputy Carapel who was keeping these statistics rather than Deputy Trot himself, but uh, pointing out that um, Deputy Carapel had um, been approached by 310 um, constituents over the years that he's been a deputy 11 years and that he'd taken on their cases in, in concerns that they had on a constituency basis. And um, 62 of those had been in the area of employment and social security and that he'd uh, often uh, fought very hard to uh, to see that people got the assistance they required from that department. But he made the point to Deputy Carapol that he'd always found the staff at the ESS to be um, absolutely um, fully in command of his respect. Um, he'd, he'd dealt with them, uh, he thought they dealt with him very uh, well and got the job done very well. And uh, he found it a sort of natural progression to be going from the outside to the inside, as he, as he characterised it. And he won 18 votes um, from the uh, Assembly compared to deputies Kazansva uh, uh, Miller got ten and uh, Gabriel got uh, nine, so it was actually quite a convincing win. And of course, the the uh, the reason there was a, a vacancy there was because it was occupied by Deputy John Gollop, who is now on PNR, the senior committee. So we had to vacate that seat. Yeah, well, I think tomorrow I'm going to ask Deputy Trot to come to a shop, go to a shop with me, so that I can buy a lottery ticket in his presence because everything he touches at the moment turns to gold. You know, he he stands up. Uh, it makes a three-minute speech for, for Deputy Lester Carapal, um, who has stood for multiple committees over the years and, and not been successful. And Deputy Lester Carapal ends up getting twice as many votes as any other candidate in a three-way election, uh, including defeating the committee's own candidate. So, now, we'll, we'll make sure that Deputy Trot's honeymoon doesn't last, you know, for his entire 15 months, uh, if no one else does. But at the moment... Uh, everything he touches does turn to, to gold. Now, it's interesting that Deputy Kirapal has been elected to that, that position. It's interesting Deputy Trotz uh, proposed him because I suspect ESS is going to be uh, leading or at least playing a, a significant role in what could become the most contentious issue the states will end up facing this year, which is over how to pay future long-term care costs. This is the question of whether to take into account the value of the family home when calculating long-term care costs. Hugely controversial, maybe even more controversial than education and GST. And Deputy Trot has at the moment, um, I would say, a, a, an unformed or not fully formed position on that. And he's going to have to get a position fairly quickly because if there's anything uh, that is going to... Um, you know, d disrupt or, or disturb his presidency of PNR uh, over the next 15 months. It's that issue. It, it's something to watch out for. But it is interesting that he has now got, as it were, his candidate um, elected onto ESS, which is, is wrestling with this really tricky question of long-term care costs over the next few months. 
Well, um, if he is still feeling lucky and in, within his honeymoon period, he might be tempted to bring back one of the items that we know he is uh, fairly passionate about. He's spoken quite um, vociferously on the issue of uh, spending as much money as has been promised to Alderney on uh, developing its airport uh, runway and terminal. It's been approved, uh, £26 million for that option C+. And uh, I mention it because the update statement that we had um, this morning was uh, from the Alderney representative representative uh, Steve Roberts um, and um, he made quite a point of uh, thanking um, Guernsey generally for and and the uh, PNR past PNR in particular for all their cooperation and help and um, emphasized that the key priority for Alderney was that airport development and said that he was looking forward very much and so was the Alderney State to uh, W. Trott's first visit to Alderney um, so all of the sort of um, you know carrot and stick uh, little sort of prods and pressure points there to try to get across that you know we really do not want this trampled on this is absolutely our priority as a community in the Northern Isle um, and all in the context of Deputy Trot obviously having spoken in the past about uh, wanting to revisit that um, so I suppose if Deputy Trot wants to revisit it he might feel that uh, now's his opportunity but I mean there was clearly a will in the States to to uh, approve that and now that we appear to have found the magic money tree maybe uh, they can uh, still have it well that project has been approved twice at least twice uh but um it's going to come back to the states and my understanding is that deputy trot is quite confident that he has a majority inside policy and resources to bring the project back to the states irrespective of whether it's uh, the, the tenders come in um within the uh, you know the total authorized budget but that doesn't mean a majority in the assembly no it, absolutely it doesn't uh, and i can't remember the the majority uh that 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 project got when it was most recently approved by the states but um but uh, you know I, he is determined to bring it back i think pnr will bring it back and uh, you know i think there will be another debate on whether to proceed with um with Alderney Airport, and although uh, you know the, the, some some additional revenue has clearly been found through the, these company tax reforms, I think the commitment the states have made today to spend eighty eight million pounds on education facilities probably does put the pressure on a little bit more on, on the Alderney Airport project because it is whatever you know twenty five thirty million or, or whatever the tenders come in at. Uh, so um, that that project is not a done deal at, at the moment. Worth remembering, though, that the argument was made at the time and seemed to hold sway that um, it, ultimately it would end up being the cheapest option. That was certainly the position of State's Treasury and Supervisory Board. Um, they were saying, well, you know, this, if you want to save money in the long run, this is the way to go. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a lot more, I'm sure, when it does come back. Um, but I think we've pretty much covered day one of this uh, State's meeting, apart from just to uh, briefly mention um, that actually the very first thing that we... Uh, heard today when we came in was a tribute that was led by uh, bailiff uh, Sir Richard McMahon to the former deputy uh, Mike Garrett who was uh, on culture and leisure and involved in uh, hospitality uh, prior to and during uh, his time in the States and um, he passed away on New Year's Eve and so all of the members got to their feet and uh, paid a uh, paid respect to him with a, a moment of silence uh, before we got underway with uh, proceedings today. So uh, they uh, offered their condolences, as do we, uh, to his uh, children and uh, grandchildren and to all his uh, loved ones. But from uh, me and Matt, for now, on the shorthand states, it's good night. Good night. Good night.